Happy New Year. Happy New Year, 2023. Yes, welcome to season four. Yes. Episode one or episode 101. 101, that's it. <laughs> 101, because we just celebrated our 100th episode last week. And we reviewed uh, our favorite show, our longest show, our most commented on show, and our most watched show, yes. and our favorite guests. So that particular show, we focus on all categories, God, mm -hmm. marriage, family, and life. Yes, right. yes, yes. So today, we're just thankful. We're just thankful to God we made it to 2023. And we pray that everyone had a safe and Merry Christmas, yes. have a happy and prosperous New Year, mm -hmm. and enjoyable time watching sports over the holiday. Yes. So today we're going to focus on family slash life, mm. family slash life. And to mention sports, mm -hmm. our topic is why parents encourage their sons to play a sport other than football. So our subtopic. You know, we're going to talk about various sports and the possible dangers of playing other sports mm -hmm. in light of this recent uh, football injury of DeMar Hamlin, a defensive back for the Buffalo Bills, right. who went into cardiac arrest after a blow in the chest in the game versus the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. Mm -hmm. But thank God, thank God he was revived twice. Once on the field and right. once in the hospital and is currently on the road to recovery. His neurology condition appears to be intact mm -hmm. and he's currently communicating verbally playing sports like baseball and basketball can be a dangerous occupation. Mm -hmm. But football, football requires players to be violent intentionally to either stop or hurt their opponent. So we are back in this new year, new mindset, and we uh, definitely give thanks to God for mm -hmm. all of his blessings. Mm -hmm. um, we have heard of so many that just didn't even make it, didn't cross over. That's right. So That's we right. are so grateful to be alive, mm -hmm. if you can understand that. And so before we go any further, though, we'd like to give a shout out to our fellow podcasters here on BS3 Network. It's about 45, 50 of us. Right, right. And right. we are doing this thing, okay? <laughs> we are doing this thing under the leadership yes, of yes. our son, Ben Sutter III. Definitely yes, got to give him kudos. Yes, yes. Definitely got to thank him for getting us involved and nudging mm -hmm. us. Uh, Mr. Podcaster, Mr. Podfather, That's right. <laughs> uh, Ben Sutter III. He is the visionary mm -hmm. and the energy behind BS3 Network. Yes, yes, I yes. tell you, if you want to see somebody that's working tirelessly uh, and producing, mm -hmm. not just working, but producing right, in the right. spirit of excellence, he leads the way for us. So we thank God for him. Mm -hmm. And just to let you know, he offers coaching. Right. If anyone is interested in getting started like we did, we had to, you know, have him to coach us through this podcasting uh, journey because right. we didn't know what right. we were doing and never <laughs> been involved in it. Right. So he offers coaching. Check him out. 
Uh, the link is on your screen. If you are interested, uh, please do. And mm -hmm. also check us out on Roku TV, BS3 Network on Roku TV. That's yes, our web yes. link on your screen. We invite you to just, you know, browse through the content. Right, there's right, something right. there for everyone, even the kiddos. Yes, <laughs> there's church. There's everything you can imagine. Right. right. And so um, if you'd like to reach out to us at Sons of Us, mm -hmm. uh, please do so. The email address is on your screen. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, uh, yes, there's yes. nothing that you could hold back from us. We, we're big <laughs> girls and big boys here. Right, so right. feel free to reach out to us with any suggestion kudos, you know, possible topics. We'd love to hear from you. So without further ado, we want to just bring you a station identification and we'll be right back. BS3 Network, changing the way you watch TV. Welcome back, and thank you again for tuning in. Our topic today is why parents encourage their sons right. to play a sport other than football. Mm -hmm. And this is in light of the incident with a Damar Hamlin. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, we're going to be coming from different angles on today. So this is an angle show, uh, <laughs> if you will. And I'm going to be talking first about the God angle. And I want you to see this incident from uh, a godly perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, we say we put our children in God's hands, right. uh, but this right here mm. is a little bit different from me. Uh, and now it's causing parents, I'm sure, mm -hmm. to really question their decision. Right. Or, you know, some of these that are in high school, they're pondering mm -hmm. uh, and paying more attention now that they're collegiate you know, sons are right. now getting ready for the championship mm -hmm. and the possible draft. Right, right. Now, you know, it's said that we need to look at God in every situation. I believe that mm -hmm. God, you can see God in every situation. Right. And so let's see, you know, how we can look at this from a godly perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that DeMar Hamlin is a believer. Right. Uh, my husband pointed that out to me, how he has the dark marks under his skin. Normally, it's just a straight mark. Well, he's made crosses out of that. Right. 
and I can appreciate that. Not a shame of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love it. Uh, <clears throat> and then from another perspective, Mm-hmm. One of the commentators that I, I really like, Dan Orlowski, right, right. he prayed That's on right. Nationwide TV. Mm-hmm. He bowed his head, closed his eyes. Look, look how God got the glory in right. all of that. He right. was not ashamed, mm-hmm. afraid, scared. Right. Again, right. God got magnified. Mm-hmm. Another opportunity for someone to know that there is a God. Right. And right. then right. people are praying all over the world. It so, takes things like this to activate people's faith right. and to begin right. to pray. And so De- DeMar, as you know, was on a respirator, mm-hmm. you know, with his breathing tube, right. uh, but he's improving yes. and God is being praised in the process. Mm-hmm. I tell you, y'all can see God <laughs> in this. That's and it. then DeMar That's has it. been unable to walk and talk, mm-hmm. walk and talk, but he's now improving right. and people can see God at work. That's you know, that's nothing more than a miracle mm-hmm. um they that's people it. are becoming believers that's right that's they right. know that there is a god and mm-hmm. then damar has been communicating right. with hospital staff and with mm-hmm. his family by writing notes that's it. That's again it. he neuro, neurologically right. he has not lost anything mm-hmm. to be able to do that mm-hmm. and so since then the breathing tube you know that's right. pre- prevented him from talking mm-hmm. But it didn't stop him from writing. Thank right. God for that. God just right. kept all of that intact. Mm-hmm. And, and then he writes, did we win? Right. So that right. means there's no amnesia. Mm-hmm. There's nothing missing, you know, uh, in his brain or right. that he didn't lose any memory. Mm-hmm. That is a blessing. It is. It and is. so people's faith, like I said, has been increased. Mm-hmm. If people had a little inkling of doubt right. that there right. was a God or that God is able Mm-hmm. Their faith has been increased. Yes, it has. And then it remember, you know, we're remembering what has what has transpired. Like That's I said, right. to be able to write and to be able to mem- remember right, right, the right. things of the recent past. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And now Damar, look, just the other day, he's FaceTiming his team. Right, right. Teammates saying, tube is out. Yeah, yeah, the breathing yeah. tube is out. And yeah. now he can speak. Love right. you, mm-hmm. boys. Love right. you, boys, is That's what right. he said. That's right. And the team responded. I'm sure mm-hmm. they just lifted their hands yeah. and praising God. I know he ain't the only believer on the right. team. Right. Right. They standing up and clapping for him. And they see this as a miracle, mm-hmm. a blessing. So you know what? You, you can't tell me that you can't see God in all of right. this. Right. Right. This is a blessing. Now, from a parent angle, right? Okay, right. right. I'm sorry. We're gonna we're gonna pause and let him go to the okay. We're to gonna the, look at to the, the God angle as well. Good afternoon. Thank, thank you. you, Brian thank D. Williams. Thank you, Brian D. Williams. Thank you. Thank for you for tuning in. in. So we talk about this God angle. Yes. And she had mentioned uh, Demar Hamill, but I want to look at what we're getting ready to, uh, I guess, view or experience on Monday night. The NCAA football championship game is coming up. Will be played on Monday night, the championship game, Mm -hmm. by the defending UGA, University of Georgia Bulldogs. We got plenty of those in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. There's flags flying everywhere. So they're defending their championship. But UGA, University of Georgia, Mm -hmm. is a public land grant research university with its main campus in Athens, Georgia. Mm. It was founded in 1785. 
It is one of the oldest public universities in the United States, mm -hmm. the flagship school of the university system of Georgia. It has been ranked by major institutional rankings among the best public university in the United States. Okay. So the Bulldogs, they compete in the Eastern Division of the Southeastern Conference. We call it the SEC. A lot of people believe it's the best conference ever. Mm. They play their home games at historic Sanford University on the University Stanford, I'm sorry, Stadium at the University of Athens, Georgia's campus. Now, Georgia claims consensus national championships from 1942, mm -hmm. 1980, and 2021. So mm. they're defending champions. While the AP and coaches poll have each voted Bulldogs the national champion twice in 1980 and 2021. So Georgia <laughs> also been named the national champion by at least one polling authority mm -hmm. in four other seasons, 1920, 1927, 1946, and 1968. Mm -hmm. So they're playing. This is where the God angle comes in. Their mm -hmm. opponent in this championship game on Monday night is TCU. Now, I always thought TCU stood for Texas Central University. <laughs> okay. But to my knowledge, TCU actually stands for Texas Christian mm -hmm. University. So what it is, it's a private research university in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm -hmm. It was established in 1873 by brothers Addison and Randolph Clark which is called Adran Male and Female College, mm -hmm. 88 years after UGA was mm -hmm. formed, the mm -hmm. University of Georgia. Okay. Now, it's affiliated with Christian Church Disciples of Christ. Mm -hmm. So the Christian Church Disciples of Christ is a mainline Protestant Christian denomination in the United States and Canada. The denomination started with the Restoration Movement mm -hmm. during the Second Great Awakening first existing during the 19th century as a loose association of churches working together towards Christian unity. Mm. Then it slowly formed in quasi-denominational structures through missionary societies, regional associations, and an internal convention. So the pioneers in this movement were seeking to reform the church from within, and they sought the unification of all Christians in a single mm. body patterned after the church of the New Testament. Mm. So in 1968, the Disciples of Christ officially adopted a denominational structure at which time a group of churches left and remained non-denominational. So my question is, how does God view his children, mm. Christians, born-again believers, participating in a violent sport like wow, football wow. while playing under the banner of Christians because it's a Texas Christian Christian. University. Uh -huh. So I want to give you this scripture, Proverbs 3, 29 and 30. It says, devise not evil against thy neighbor, mm. seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he has done thee, no harm. So this, this school, Texas mm -hmm. Christian University, is now in the championship game. 
playing under the banner of Christ. It's a Christian university. It's a Christian institution. Mm. But look at this. Now, from 1867 to 1874, the character of Fort Worth, where Anne ran, male and female college was formed, changed mm. substantially due to a commercial influence of the Chisholm Trail. So the, the Chisholm Trail is a principal route moving Texas cattle to the Kansas railheads. Mm. And a huge influx of cattlemen and money transformed the sleepy frontier village into a booming, brawling cow town. So the area around the property purchased by the Clark brothers mm -hmm. to form their college soon became the town's vice district. An unreveled stretch of saloons, gamble halls, dance parlors, body houses, which is brothels, catering to the rough taste of the Chisholm Trail cowboy. So in the rough, rowdy reputation, had in 1872, it acquired a nickname of Hell's Half Acre. Wow. The heart of which today's occupied Fort Worth Convention Center and Fort Worth Water Garden. So in 1873, <coughs> the Clark brothers, because of the transformation of this area around their college, which was Adran College, male mm -hmm. and female college, what they do, they transferred their college or they rerouted their college to Thorpe Springs, where they founded and ran male and female college. Now, Texas University or Texas College University, TCU, recognizes 1873 as its founding year, not 1867, as it continued to preserve the original college through the Anne Rand College of Liberal Arts. So Anne Rand College was one of the first co-educational institutions of higher education mm. west of the Mississippi Mississippi River that is and the very first in Texas so this was a progressive step at a time when only 15% of the national college enrollment was female and almost all were enrolled at women colleges mm. so they were very progressive when it comes to Christian values when they first was initiated as a university or as a college. So let me give you Genesis 1, 27, 28. It says, so God created man in his own image. Mm -hmm. In the image of God created he him, male and female. Right. Created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the mm -hmm. sea, over the fowl of the air, over everything living and move upon the earth. So the school started out mm. in 1873. It started out as a spiritual awakening institution in Thorpe Spring, Texas, for men and for women. Mm -hmm. Then in the 20th century, it converted to transforming their institution into a money-making sports program in Fort Worth, Texas. Not considering the ramifications of the human body to entertain the students and the fan. See, I don't think God anointed it, appointed it, or approved it. Mm. Now, he allowed it to happen because God gives us all a free will choice. Mm. 
But I also understand that these young men can receive an education with a scholarship. But it has also grown beyond that, my brothers and sisters. Mm. These institutions in the Power Five, they like to call those conferences the Power Five Conference. Mm. These institutions are only caring about money and winning games. TCU, Texas Christian University, started out as a, as a progressive university. Uh, Christian awakening with a, with a movement that want to educate those about Christ and, uh, and about learning about the New Testament. But what happened over the years, mm -hmm. their whole focus switched and it changed right. to sports because sports brought them revenue. Money. It brought them money. That's and right. with this money comes, unfortunately, where they take advantage of the of the less fortunate. So TCU competes in the NCAA Division I athletics as a member of the Big, Big 12 Conference now. Mm. For most of their history, in 1923 to 1996, TCU was a member of the non-defunct Southwest Conference, which is SWC. But in recent years, university has made significant upgrades to their athletic facilities, including construction of a $13 million Mm. Al Martin Academic Enhancement Center, mm. which was completed in August 2008. The university finished reconstruction of their entire Amon G. Carter football stadium mm. in September 2012 at a cost of approximately $160 million. Wow. Now, this money didn't go not to help the poor, okay, not to take care of the sick people, or lower income students to help them with their tuition as Jesus commanded us to do mm. what it go it went to the athletic departments right. it went to the sports department the sports facilities mm -hmm. in order to increase their revenue and unfortunately take advantage of those less fortunate which are these athletes mm. black athletes majority from low income and poverty areas now, the Daniel Myers Coliseum underwent a $55 million reconstruction that was completed in 2014 to 2015. Hmm. Basketball season was expanded with seatings and concessions and offices and locker room space and better sight lines and luxury fan facilities. So the Horn Frogs had two national championships, one in 1935 and the other in 1938 way to perform them joining the Big 12 Conference. Additionally, to the team had captured 18 SWC Conference Championships. The TCU Hong Frogs, the Texas Christian University, changed their main focus from Christian education to the football and basketball money-making business. Wow. Because the revenue that those sports programs bring into schools keep the entire athletic department afloat. Not considering the potential injuries and, and subsequent health issues later on in life. I don't think God approves of this activity. What's even more disturbing is that a Christian university is benefiting mm. from a violent sport. That's my God angle. I hate to call out you, TCU. <laughs> But I have to give you that angle because you're now 
in the biggest game of the year, the NCAA football championship. Mm. And you play under the banner of Christian discipleship. Mm. And if you look at your actions, does it actually line up with Christ's values? I'm going to give you this scripture. First mm. Peter 3.13. It says, and who is he that will harm you? If he be followers of that which is good. Wow. Have you been enlightened <laughs> with that? Um, we're still going with the vein of football. And, you know, despite the risk, mm -hmm. and I mean, there are risks yes. with anything, uh, but despite the risk in playing football, <clears throat> excuse me, lots of parents, <clears throat> whether if they're, single or married, right. you know, they want their sons mm -hmm. to play football. Mm -hmm. Now, most of them come from the money angle. Right, right. You know, the parents usually, <clears throat> excuse me, pour a lot into their sons, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, financially, right. uh, physically, they got to cart them around and, you know, make sure that they eat right and mm -hmm. make sure that they, you know, Mm -hmm. are um, improving themselves in their skills or so whatever that takes training. Mm -hmm. Some people get one-on-one -on -one training, whatever right. that takes. Right. Right. And they encourage their sons mm -hmm. to strive and to play so that they can get a scholarship. Right. And I'm talking about in high school to get a scholarship in college. Mm -hmm. And then their eyes though, their eyes are focused right. Right. on right. making it to the NFL. Mm -hmm. They don't care you know, what it takes. And so most of the players are trying to get their families and rightfully so they want to do something mm -hmm. to improve their family dynamic, mm -hmm. you know, getting them out of the hood and, and having a better life. Right. Um, I, I understand that to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, today I was having a conversation with our daughter, Camelia, and she brought up a very interesting point that, you know, even now, parents have their, you know, five, six-year-olds out right. playing football. Right. And she's like, is that a Southern thing? <laughs> and I thought about that. I, you know, I don't know that much about football. Maybe you guys could, could chime in and say something about it. Uh, but why is that? Right. You know, um, and I'm going to go this angle and, you know, I, I don't mean to be uh, negative about fathers, but mm -hmm. father, the, you know, fathers are adamant. Right about their sons playing football, you know, maybe they played and they like, mm -hmm. you're going to keep this going, <laughs> you know, or maybe their hometown has an awesome team and right, they just, right. you know, they're all into football, whatever the case may be. The kids mm -hmm. are pushed into that sport, mm -hmm. like at a very early age, you know, it's right. touch for the most part. I think it's touch football, right? Mm -hmm. But still a flag football, mm -hmm. but as mm -hmm. they get older, they're right. going to get tackled, you know, but from a parent perspective, mm -hmm. you know, my son is older. I don't know if you can see that picture above <laughs> here. My son played baseball. Thank God for that. I'll talk about that a little later. But and that's my husband, you know, on the, the bottom photo. He, he was a football player. Mm -hmm. But I've always been leery about football. When my son was young, I'm like, no, I don't want him playing football, but I don't want him to be a little, you know, right. a little softy either. Right. Uh, right. So my husband was like, let the boy play what he want to play, <laughs> you know, but 
they just seem to me like they literally want to kill each other mm. out there. I mean, <laughs> I, who wants that? Mm. I, don't, I don't want that for my child. And I would prefer that my children and grandchildren and future generations mm -hmm. of Sutterts not play the sport. Right. I'm not the determining factor of that. I understand. But for me, mm -hmm. I would prefer that they not play, that they get their education, right. you know, right. bachelor's, master's mm -hmm. uh, at the minimum. Right. Right. And if you want to go further, get that PhD so they can secure a good playing job. Now, right. some of these football players, they don't have, some of them may not even have degrees. Right. I don't know right. their right. situation. That's so right. what do they have to fall back on if they get hurt? Right. Take care of business first. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I would suggest. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, do you want to add anything else to that? Well, I, I, just go wanted to, I just wanted to mention, you know, like you said, growing up, it wasn't an option for me coming Right. Coming from a championship sports town like Hickory, North Carolina, where the Review Panthers Untouchables were mm -hmm. from, it was expected for all boys to play football, See? basketball, baseball. So we really we had a choice, but then again, we didn't, we have, didn't a have a choice because right. we was pushed into it. We was encouraged to participate, mm -hmm. not thinking about the, the ramifications of later on being injured. Mm. But we all participated in it. And it's interesting that when you look at the dynamic right now of football, mm -hmm. a lot of players definitely leave college early. They get drafted early before they actually receive the degree that you mentioned. See? And some of them, after their football career or professional career, don't have the ability to focus because of the eat, the uh, the head injuries that they experience, the CTE, okay, so, yeah. the head injury that they experience, mm -hmm. it's hard for them to stay focused and go back to school. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it does have an effect, but growing up, it, it was hard to, to uh, I guess, turn down the opportunity. To say no, huh? To say no, <laughs> that's it. Well, let's look at our comments here. I believe this is Eric Young. I saw mm -hmm. you on Facebook. You see how your name appears, Eric? <laughs> it, it won't identify you if you don't click that link, but... Mm -hmm. As a kid, I love playing tackle football. All right. Okay. All right. And then he says, Eric says, uh, no, they don't want to literally kill each other, but it is definitely an emotional game. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You can't convince me of that, the way they be racking <laughs> each other up. But okay, I hear you. Uh, and then he says, I guess college football players should definitely get their education first and foremost. Almost. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. And so... <clears throat> That's just my perspective on mm -hmm. things. Everybody has a different perspective. Mm -hmm. But I want to go into baseball now from okay. a parent perspective. And like I said, our son played mm -hmm. uh, T-ball and baseball. Right, right. I had right. a pretty good stance, I think, you know. But <laughs> as a parent, you know, I never understood baseball. Mm -hmm. I never understood the sport. I, I, I can just never, I guess I never took the time to learn either. Right. But I've watched the sport many times. It's boring. <laughs> it's slow. It takes, you know, I say 900 hours. I know it mm -hmm. doesn't, but it takes forever. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, the score is one to one. Right, right, like right. really all this time. Now, I, you know, for me, I like the World Series. Now, mm -hmm. once it gets to that point, I like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I like uh, the fact that Dusty Baker, you know, he... He reached that climax in his mm -hmm. career. And, mm -hmm. and when I was in California, look, I enjoyed the likes of 
the sluggers, you know, Barry Bonds and right. uh, what's his name? Ricky Henderson right. and right. 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 Joe Morgan mm -hmm. and Dave Stewart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were like household names back then. And not to mention the late, great Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. Yes. I mean, yes. it's it's uh, it's a thrill during that time of the year. But mm -hmm. other than that, I, I just cannot engage in baseball. Mm -hmm. But again, it's, it could be another dangerous sport. Like yeah, I said, they yeah. all have some dangers, right, you know, right. especially when you see the the, the hitter mm -hmm. uh, or the batter, I should say, right, right. getting hit in the head with the ball right. or right. somewhere else. I mean, that ball is coming, right. what, 75 to 100? 100 miles an hour. That's I mean, that's, that's not cool. That's mm -hmm. not safe. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see. Did, did you have anything else to say? Um, so Eric is saying, this is my... Prince Emmett Smith got his doing the offseason one year. Okay. Well, we know Emmett Smith played for the Cowboys. So he, this is my Prince got it doing the offseason. Okay. All right. And then Eric is saying, I'm going to stop speaking into the mic. <laughs> Thank you. Because I'm not sure what that meant. My microphone is really it? picking up with both of you, what both of you are saying. Okay. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, okay yeah. Type it, in, type it in. Translation. Right. So we're talking about the, the angle, the professional angle. Mm -hmm. uh, NFL and Major League and, and also NBA angle. But most young black boys, black men, uh -huh. play major sports growing up. When you growing up, mainly, mainly you were a three or two sport athlete. Oh, okay. You played baseball, you played football, you okay. played basketball. Okay. But one of the the more accessible or affordable, available games that you could play, a good athlete would actually achieve or excel in is football, mm. with the potential of being drafted by the NFL. Mm. So you so it's a more opportunity, especially. For African Americans, because see the major league, the MLB, African American participation has been declining for over the years. There are a lot of black players in the major leagues, MLB, playing baseball, mm -hmm. but they're from South America. Right. They're from the Dominican Republic, right. Cuba, Mexico, El Salvador. They're playing professional baseball now. Mm -hmm. So the major league baseball has been a smaller percentage of African American players now. Than it has had in any year since the early 1990s. Wow. This is according to a report released by the Institute of Diversity and mm -hmm. Ethnics in Sports called Tides at the University of Central Florida. Mm. So the MLB, the reports say that 38% of all players of the opening day in 2022 were players of color. Mm. Okay. 0.4% increase over 2021. But up out of that 38%, 28.5% of those players were Hispanic wow. or Latino. They're considered, considered people of color, right? So 1.9% were Asian players mm -hmm. and less than 1% were Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, and Native American. Mm. While black players made up of about 18% of all MLB rosters mm. when tides that particular uh, system that did the report first began accessing the league's demographic data in 1991, African-American players represented only 7.2% of all major league players mm. at the start of the current season. Wow. So the league percentage of black players 
has been seriously concerned for many years. So Major League is what they're doing. They're recruiting more Latin players. Mm -hmm. And the young black boys in this country are pursuing other sports because of the slow pace, like mm -hmm. Irene just mentioned, and because of the equipment costs and because of what it costs to play baseball. You got to get a glove. You got to get a bat. You have to get balls. You have to get cleats. So a lot of the equipment cost is higher than playing another sport. Football, you need the football. Right. <laughs> basketball, you need the basketball. You can right. go to the, you can go to the outside court, so you have a court or gold outside your house. Right. So the so the composition of race and ethnicity in the National Basketball Association has changed throughout the league's history. Mm. The first non-black player. This is interesting. Now, the first non-black player in the NBA was an Asian American called Wat Misaka in okay. 1947. But African-Americans entered the league with, beginning in 1950, mm. according to the racial equality activist Richard Lapchick. The NBA in 2021 was composed of 73.2% black players, 16.8% white players, 3.1% Latino players of any race, and 0.4% Asian players. There, there was 6.6% in the players classified as other races. Mm. So the league has the highest percentage of black players of any major professional sport league in the United States and in Canada. Wow. But with the emerging of African-American players in the 1960s, the NBA game has statistically and stylishly begun to change. It was faster and above the whim because black men can jump. <laughs> right. So many leagues. Yes. Great black players came from the NBA. At that time, African American believed that there was a limit by the unofficial league quota of the black players per team. So because of that insurgence in the early 1960s, this is where you get all the popular players of Bill Russell. God rest his soul, just passed away. Mm -hmm. Will Chamberlain. Mm -hmm. And as you continue to go on in the years, you get all these major players like Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. They changed the whole aspect of the NBA. Uh, that's right. But now the NBA is recruiting and drafting European players. They're trying to diversify the league with quality white players because mm. basketball and baseball have become a global sport. So let's look at go back to football. So what is the racial breakdown of the NFL? So in 2021, about 71% of the players in the NFL were people of color. That is a race other than white. While only a quarter were white, according to the Institute of Diversity in Ethnics and Sports at the mm -hmm. University of Central Florida, mm -hmm. the races of others were like 4% were disclosed, but not specific. So consider this. The racial breakdown of the league compared of demographics of the country. Black players make up 71% of players in the NFL, despite only being 13.4% wow. of the country's population. Assume half of that represents black males. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, white players make up 24.9% of the NFL, mm -hmm. while comprising of 60.1% of the population. Latino players represent 0.4% of the NFL and 18.5% of the population of the country. 
Asian players represent 0.1% of the NFL, according to this report, and 5.9% of the population. Yet there's a never prep that needs to be said about the diversity among the lead players. So young black boys, what we're talking about today, they're drawing to football to get themselves and their families out of poverty. Mm -hmm. They also use the contact sport. As Eric mentioned, he loved to play contact and tackle football. What it does, you can have, you can take your frustrations out on someone else. But what it does, it leads to injuries and health problems down the road. Yeah. So unfortunately, these big universities and professional teams are taking advantage of the black athletes to enrich themselves. And the two other major professional sports, African-American players are mm -hmm. decreasing mm -hmm. because now the sports are recruiting from different countries yeah. and different continents. But only place that you can play football is in America. And that's the contact sport. I'm not talking about soccer. I'm talking about contact football. And that's unfortunately is one of the reasons why young black men are gravitating to that sport. Wow. Before we go any further though, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And these guys dominate baseball. You're right, That's Eric. Right. The Cubans, the Dominican Republican. Yeah, right, right. they do. They do. That's it. That's and it. you never know that until they, you know, what where they're from until they open their mouth because they look like us. But <laughs> right, then it's right. like, wow. Wow. That's and, what he said. And that's what you said. <laughs> wow, wow, Eric. And then uh, Eric says, go ahead. Basketball and football, the top two sports of young black men, Yes, what they go for. That's right. Basketball and football. That's right. Y'all mean. That's right. Y'all mean. Play. It was another it one. Was another but one. you mentioned somebody way back in 1940-something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you both aware of the impact Black players had on the fledgling AFL, which eventually affected the NFL? That's right. Yes, yes. We, we remember that. Very effective. I'm so glad the NFL stopped using that old AstroTurf, that, that's what caused a lot of injuries, too. <laughs> oh, wow. They had to upgrade their turf because they got a lot of complaints. They said it was hard as cement, what? like playing on cement. That's right. You got a lot of leg injuries and knee injuries Never and knew that. ankle injuries because of that. That's right. Good stuff, Eric. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, from a different perspective. Now, mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about soccer for a minute. Only for a minute because, again, it's one of those sports I don't understand. Mm -hmm. But uh, interesting enough, our grandchildren were involved in what, two or three summers yeah, yeah. that they did soccer or right, they played right. soccer mm -hmm. and they enjoyed it. And as a grandparent, I enjoyed their mm -hmm. excitement. Um, <laughs> right. And I would love to see them uh, continue to master their skills in that area and then mm -hmm. that sport. And then maybe I could, you know, kind of up my game mm -hmm. on, on how <laughs> soccer is played because right, right. it's in that arena with baseball. I don't <laughs> get it. Right around for one point. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you, you, all you're doing is using your feet to move that ball. It's like, wait, uh, -uh. but anyway, they, they're good. And our granddaughter is even better than the boys, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but basketball back to basketball. Now it's my most, favorite sport of right. them all mm -hmm. you you tell me a basketball game is on but i stop what i'm doing i'm sitting in my easy chair and i'm gonna watch that game that's it 
but it's becoming, in my opinion, it's becoming a little bit too rough and brutal. I'm not going to say it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not as bad as football, but it can be brutal at times. And um, I would prefer if my child, if I had one young enough that Mm -hmm. he would play, you know, basketball Mm -hmm. or baseball or soccer, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely not football, but, you know, um, there's some intentionality to some of these uh, injuries that you see in uh, basketball. Mm -hmm. And that's what I don't like about it. I call them dirty players. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows what that means. (laughs) Uh, And you can identify them Mm -hmm. because they purposely, and some of them need to go into Hollywood because they, they purposely, you know, Mm -hmm. flop and do all this extra stuff as if somebody's hurt them, but then turn around and and literally, you know, my favorite player, Steph Curry, they know Mm -hmm. his ankles are bad. (laughs) And so they go and aim at his ankles. I mean, come on. (laughs) Lord, like, why you intentionally hurt this little boy? He ain't no little boy. But this man, Uh I don't get it. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure a lot of the the parents that are Mm -hmm. believers that our believers are are holding on to this profound promise that's found in Psalm 23, Mm -hmm. verse number six. Mm -hmm. And it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Mm -hmm. You know, I know they're saying shall follow my child (laughs) all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what the Lord promises is goodness Mm -hmm. and mercy. And, you know, when that when that begins to flow, that mercy flows, mm-hmm. you know, that's a fountain of of uh, protection, yeah. Yeah. a fountain of sustenance. You know, he's sustaining your child mm-hmm. on that court of supplying them, mm-hmm. you know, of making sure there's a hedge around them. And mm-hmm. I understand how parents can can uh, apply that scripture. Mm-hmm. And that's a blessing. But, you know, that's to be honest, that's what's sustaining Damar Hamlin. Right. That's it. If you want to look at it that way, that's what's sustaining him. The prayers of the righteous, his parents, you know, all that he's poured in with his faith walk. Mm -hmm. You know, he has determination. He has uh, the youth on his side and being in good shape. Now, that's what really (laughs) blesses him as well. So, um, you know, parents are going to make their own decision. I get it. But I just had to put my parental Mm-hmm. Uh, angle on, on those sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to a, the media angle. Did you have okay. anything else? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. On the media angle, you know, some of the media and mm-hmm. the fans said this is a crucial game, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl. Right. Like, how can this happen? They need to get figure out how to play this game. Mm-hmm. Not giving thought to this young man that just got carried away to the right. hospital right. that had to be revived twice. Mm-hmm. So hello, Mr. and Mrs. Media, you know, the money affiliated with this game, with this season, Mm -hmm. with your job, whatever, with your network, Mm -hmm. none of that matters when you got someone um, that's in this condition, condition, you know, and I love how uh, the one guy, Swagoo, he said, bump the fans, even the fans (laughs) were sitting there, forget about them fans, who cares? Right. Who cares about your feelings, the money you spent on that season ticket? I, you know, <laughs> that's your problem now, mm-hmm. and that should not really matter. So, um, I know that that's not proper English, but that's what Swaggoo said. Bump them fans, you know. Mm-hmm. 
and and I, you know, I was looking forward to the halftime show. Everybody was Bootsy right. Collins and Zap. Yeah, baby, we were we were right. ready, but none of that mattered. And right. I'm sure they felt the same way. Mm -hmm. And so the insensitivity for me is just was so inappropriate. Right. What Skip Bayless tweeted. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what's his name? Shannon. Shannon uh, Char yeah. He he raked him over the coals. Mm -hmm. If y'all haven't seen that, mm -hmm. you know, and rightfully so. And then this this chick, I'm gonna call her a chick because mm -hmm. she was so out of line, Susie right. Colbert, mm -hmm. who commented with with Booger McFarland, right, 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 and what's his name, Adam Scheffner. Mm -hmm. She was so out of touch. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do next. Very insensitive. Yeah. And Booger was like, "Look, we're not thinking about football right now." Right. Well, That's she right. comes back again with another comment. Mm -hmm. I think they should really go ahead and think about how they're going to move forward with this game. And, you know, at that point, I think as a female, she should have kept quiet, never been on the football field, never been hit or tackled, whatever. But I'm like, these two, well, I know Booger has, right? He can speak from a male perspective that has been out there on that field. So, you know, she was so out of line. And I don't like sensitivity when it's uh, something uh, of this nature. This man's life was on the line, but right. he was in God's hands. Thank That's God. Now, from the medical angle, I can really appreciate the good job that the NFL did. Yes. yes. My husband said, you know, there may have been just like on a plane, there are medical professionals. Right, right. There may have been some medical professionals in the, stand. in the stands. Right. Whoever and whatever there was at that particular moment in time, they moved into action mm -hmm. quick mm -hmm. and took care of that young man and i know his parents were grateful mama right. was right there by his that's side it. It. the team was there i couldn't believe these big burly men crying mm -hmm. but you know they all moved into place and made sure that he was taken care of defibrillator right. all right. of that right. so right. kudos to the medical uh professionals that were there mm -hmm. But uh, going back to the, these uh, NFL, like the fans mm -hmm. were in shock. I could, right. we had a relative that was there. Right. I could not imagine. I probably would have not moved. And and there were some that they, some were fouling out, going mm -hmm. home. And then there were some that were like, could not move, right. just right. in total, total, shock. Shock. total shock. And then um, the rescheduling, mm -hmm. and people were wondering when they gonna reschedule the game. Gonna be Monday night football. Right. Gonna be. Right. You know, they again insensitivity. It's mm -hmm. like, can you imagine? I know I could. I can only imagine the trauma of these right, teams going right, back. Right. Maybe not on that particular field, but you know, just playing again. Right. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like PTSD. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a traumatic event that they right. sit there and, and watch. Right. Right. And right. then these, you know, these college students that are preparing for the draft. Can mm -hmm. you imagine how their parents must feel? Right. You know, uh, and then in Georgia, there's these extreme hot weathers mm -hmm. that we've had children uh, uh, just fall out. Mm -hmm. Some That's of them it. died. That's right. You That's know, right. don't even make it to the NFL. Right. I mean, right. that right there is enough for me to say, no, sorry, son, you are mm -hmm. not playing. Mm -hmm. You are not playing. So football to me is just too tough. Um, I know they're trying to blow off some steam and frustration at the same time, but it's <laughs> right. just too much. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think about Tua as well. Mm -hmm. You know, this young man has, it, mm -hmm. it, I see that vision of his hands all right. deformed out there mm -hmm. on the field. And it's right. like, oh my gosh, why would I continue? Mm -hmm. I don't know the ins and outs of the contract and all of that, right. but right. I would not do it. Mm -hmm. And then to hear Ryan Clark, Right. We heard this the other day. He has yeah. lost two organs all behind playing football. playing football. 
I mean to tell you, is is it worth? I know he has a a health condition and playing in the altitude in Denver didn't help him any. And so he's had his gallbladder and his spleen removed. Baby, you are, oh no. <laughs> no way, no how would I want anyone to play football. Oh, wait a minute. He has uh reminds me of a more tragic Chuck Hughes situation back in 1971. Yeah. Wow. A lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah. And then he talks about Shannon Sharp. Okay. Shannon Sharp is one of the best trash talkers in NFL history. <laughs> okay. He did not spare Skip not one bit. That's right. At the end of the day, those big, brooding men are still just little boys. That's right. They have, they have feelings. feelings. Like everyone else. Exactly, they Eric. They're human. That's right. Or maybe that wasn't Eric. I apologize. <laughs> we thank you for, for tuning in. Right. But they're human. Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate that. Anybody says men should not cry, you know. Mm -mm. Right. It, it it's okay, mm -hmm. and if you if you could witness that and not shed a tear, then something is That's really wrong. wrong. That's it. Some, but let's just as we um, one last comment before we come to a close. Mm -hmm. that oh, that me. was me. <laughs> okay, okay, I thought you. so. <laughs> one last comment before we conclude All is right. just we we're so grateful as we somewhat dedicate this show to Demar Hamlin mm -hmm. and, and uh, knowing that. There's so many that are praying for him mm -hmm. and we are in that number as well Yes, for his family. I understand he has a young brother. I don't mm -hmm. know if he has any other siblings, but his whole family, right, right. Nina and Mario Hamlin, we mm -hmm. are praying for you uh, that God continues to give you strength. So yes. we are just grateful to see God in action in his life. Right. right. So right. grateful. Right. Our faith right. has been increased. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. So we thank you for tuning in. We just thank want to give you, you some, some history and statistics, but also some commentary mm -hmm. on what we experienced on Monday night. We were all touched. Yes. That's what happened. Never seen it before. And it was something that was very dramatic. Right. And I can imagine what the young men experienced on that field. Mm -hmm. But we just thank God that we was able to comment and give you some history and some backdrop as to why Young black men do what they do. Mm. And unfortunately, uh, the outcome can be serious and fatal. But mm. thank God that the effectual prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Yeah, he's still, he's still with us. So we're going to close out with this scripture after the final comment. Good to be here again. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you, you for so tuning much. in. So our closing scripture comes from Romans 12, mm -hmm. 9 through 10. Romans 12, 9 through 10. And it says, that love be without dissimulation. Mm -hmm. Abhor that which is evil. Yes. Cleave to that which is good. Mm -hmm. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. Yes. In honor, preferring one another. Not slowful in business, mm. fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Yes. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, mm. patience in tribulation continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, giving to hospitality. Yes. And God bless you and God keep you on this day. You. Thank you for Thank joining you us. Thank you for again. joining us. Bye -bye. Continue to enjoy your weekend. <laughs> Bye-bye.